live wires on the team connect get respect for they realness i know you feel this it always catches me off guards when uh when west doesn't save live wire connect because i'm prepared for it every time we do the live wire <laughs> So it's in my head I hear him saying that he doesn't say I get caught off guard. Why on the team connect? There it is. We are going to hear from Biff Pogey and Paul Feinbaum in this edition of the Live Wire. Mm. With it being a Panther victory Monday, we're going to start with the quarterback, Bryce Young, who said that uh, after an 0-6 start, they weren't worried about the outside pressure that was facing the team. There wasn't any any pressure that um, was external. Wasn't any pressure that you know we didn't already you know we I don't think we had pressure. We just had urgency. Um, you know, as a group, we had urgency, and that came from this building. You know, it wasn't from outside stuff. It wasn't from um, you know anyone anyone else. It was it came from the building, and we just had urgency to make sure that we were improving. And that doesn't go away. Um, again, urgently we we have to keep getting better. Again, I talked about it, it's a great win, but there's a lot of stuff for us to clean up clean up as a team. Uh, so um, again, we're, we. It's one win. It's awesome. We're going to enjoy it, uh, enjoy today. But uh, we got to turn the page, and, you know, we, we have to keep that same urgency. Certainly needed it there. Bryce Young, I don't know if he's saying a whole lot. He <laughs> did say that there was a sense of urgency that they were able to get this victory with. No pressure, though. It was all good. And I will say, despite facing a lot of pressure in the pocket, he didn't play like he was facing a lot of pressure coming into this game. It was his best game, as you and I see it, was. Yeah, um, you know. My first instinct is to always call cap when guys say stuff like that because they know that they hear things going on. Uh, there's always external pressure, especially when you haven't gotten a win, especially when you're going up against a quarterback that's in your peer group that was drafted under you that to this point had been playing better than you. So I don't know how much I'm buying into that. But they came out and played with the requisite urgency, and it resulted in a win. What else you got for us, Fiddy? All right, now we'll hear from the head coach, Frank Reich, who met with the media earlier today. And we've talked a lot about the struggles that Miles Sanders has had so far in his first season here with the Panthers. Well, the head coach, he addressed how to get him out of the slump he's had to start the season. It happens a couple different ways. You know, one thing is feed him the ball. You know, you can <laughs> feed him, the, you know, get him some touches. And, and then sometimes it's just a question of, you know, as a player, hey, even if it's limited touches, I got to make the most of what touches I get and what plays I'm in. I slash we have a lot of confidence in Miles. You know, Chuba's getting the bulk of the carries right now with the way our run game is going. And, you know, he's a he's a more physical downhill runner. But uh, Miles is a great player. And so we want to continue to mix it up. Sometimes I've just seen this happen before where it feels like an eternity to Miles. But in actuality, a, you know, a two or three or four game stretch will feel like an eternity to the player. But over the course of the season, it, it can turn. It, it's not guaranteed to turn, but it can turn. So um, we'll continue to rotate those guys through. Wes, you said earlier in the show it's fair and it's time to call Iki Aquanu a bust. Are you confident in saying that Miles Sanders was just a beneficiary of playing with Jalen Hurts, uh, A.J. Brown, and Devontae Smith in Philadelphia? Uh, I mean, that's hard to say. He had decent numbers before he put up that big 1,200-yard season. And like I said, you know, when people try to call guys system players or say they benefited this, that, and a third, well, every back in that Philadelphia offense wasn't able to put up the numbers that he put up. But he did benefit from playing with a light box and a really good offensive line. And if you're a running back worth the assault, you're going to be able to do damage uh, off of that. And also when you have a running back that's also, I mean, a quarterback that's to be accounted for 
in the running game. So I think there were definitely several things that helped him to be successful, but I think a lot of uh, running backs would have been successful in that situation, and I think a lot of guys would want that. But, you know, Barnwell and those other guys were productive, but they didn't put up the numbers that Miles did. So I'm not a guy that's huge. That's a huge uh, system player type of guy. Well, I I do think it's a different offensive line that he's dealing with here than it was with Philadelphia and He's not capitalizing on some of the opportunities that he's had. Now, there wasn't a lot against Houston. You still feel like Chuba Hubbard's been playing a lot better when you do give him rushing attempts in between the tackles. And even in the passing game, Chuba got involved. Raheem Blackshear, he's being a little more involved. And I thought he looked good against Houston. Really like what he was able to do on a finite amount of touches that he had. But still, really like what Blackshear was able to do. Yeah, it's just... (laughs) If, if Sanders is only going to get 20% of the snaps and Chuba and Raheem Blackshear continue to look better, it's going to be a really rough signing to defend because you signed him for a few years and now he can't even get to the bye week before he already has his job taken from him. From him. What you got, Fitty? All right, let's go back to Friday. Remember beginning of the show when Walker surprised us by having the Biff cutoff underneath his shirt and we all celebrated seeing the best set of noodle arms in the Queen City? Thank you. <laughs> well, as we were leaving the studio on Friday show, Walker put a shirt back over the undershirt and there was a disgusted look that existed on Wes Bryant's face. He was really disappointed in me. Unfortunately, that wasn't the only time that Walker would be disappointed because the fighting 49ers did not fight losing at home on Friday. And the head coach, Biff Pogey, he's given us a lot of sound bites during his first year on the job. He gave us another one during his interview after the third quarter of Friday's game. Where were the wins? Well, we rushed the ball well, and we got had some free and outs. You know, we just have to stop hurting ourselves. I mean, it's very frustrating. You know, when we when we don't hurt ourselves, we have a decent football team. When we hurt ourselves, we 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 we're, we're like watching sausage being made. It's just a horrifying experience. Um, and you know, look, this is football. For God's sake, just block and tackle people. Do what you're supposed to do. Don't do anything else. Don't talk to anybody. Don't push any. I don't care what anybody says. You just do your damn job. Thank you, Coach. <laughs> A couple of really quickly ended interviews here. And over the weekend with Dave Doran, now here with Biff Pogey, which is always. Biff Pogey is always going to be a wild card. Yeah, you had players suspended too. A group of unspecified players that were suspended because of their performance, because of the penalties that took place in this game. You got beat down. It was an awful, awful performance from this defense. The offense doesn't look any better. You had some injuries that you suffered to both quarterbacks, by the way. Jalen Jones and Trexler Ivy, they both experienced injuries in this game. Man, this one was bad all around, Wes, and there was really no fight after we we saw FAU get a nice lead on them. Yeah, the thing, too, man, that I hate is nothing more than you get your tail beat and then you want to fight, you want to talk after the game and things of that nature, man. And it's so frustrating, and it's got to be frustrating for a coach, but this is a team offensively that's just as uh, inept as it gets. And uh, they come out in this game, average 3.9 yards per play, but also, too, just watching that game, the play designs. If you're not running, it's a basic rollout, throw to the flat. And so it's just really tough times in Charlotte right now. And then when you add that onto it, it's very frustrating. And the thing, too, is that 
you know, when you're at a power five, a big power five, and you're getting transfers, you're going to get guys in a lot of cases that can play and things of that nature. But when you bring in as many players as he did to a team like Charlotte, well, you start to find out after a little while, there's a reason why uh, all those guys didn't work at their programs and that they came to a program that's still building like Charlotte. It's not a bad program, but it's just still building. And they looked at this as a place that they could come in and play early. And you find out they're really not that good. So uh, his laundry list or grocery list, whichever you want to put, is pretty long, too, for what he's going to have to find for this football team. And it's going to start at the quarterback position. The, the players weren't great, but also, you know, coaching does not get any – they don't get absolved of any responsibility sure. in this game. And so you see that Charlotte, they – uh, the other team, FAU, excuse me, they they missed a 48-yard field goal. I apologize. ECU, they missed a 48-yard field goal when you go back a couple of games ago. And there were a couple of things that the defense was able to skate by despite some mistakes, but that didn't really happen in this game with FAU. And FAU's offense is significantly better than ECU's offense. And so that's the frustrating part to me, Wes. It's the defense playing well against Navy, the defense playing well against DCU. Now here's a real opponent opponent where you have the offense and a quarterback that has the capability of putting points on the board. Now this is a, a competition. This is at least an opponent worth your time. This is an opponent where, okay, you were able to do it against some offenses that aren't putting a ton of points on the board. Can you do it against FAU? And the answer was a resounding no resounding 38 points uh, that's if that's going to be your backbone and it doesn't show up in a conference game that does have some nice pieces on the other side then that's going to be really tough to win especially when you can only put 10 points up in two weeks and then only 16 here it's not going to be enough i wanted to play a piece of sound from paul feinbaum but shroppy sent me a text mandating i play you this piece of sound from frank reich and go back to the end of the game when Eddie Pinheiro was lining up to kick the field goal. There were a lot of penalties that were committed by the Houston Texans, and the head coach seems pretty frustrated that they might have been done so on purpose. I'm not one to impute motives, right? I don't want to impute motives. But I would say this, that if if, if a team, forget what just happened in this game, but I would just say in general, I do think that's over. I do think that's crossing a line that is not meant to be crossed. And um, personally, that's just my personal opinion. Others might disagree. I understand because as a head coach, um, there are modes where we'll tell a guy there are certain tricks that you tell a guy to get a jump on the snap. But when it happens repeatedly like that, you, you just wonder what's being said. And again, I'm not imputing any motives, but for teams that do do that intentionally, for me and just my taste, I, I just think that's probably not what the league is looking for. Mm-hmm. You got a stink face for me, Wes. Why so? Uh... I don't know, man. When when I hear coaches try to talk about things of that nature and, you know, the moral aspects of the game when you're trying to get an advantage to win, yeah, there are some coaches that are going to hold themselves and their teams to a higher moral ground. But I feel like most coaches, especially too in this win-now era that we're in, are going to do pretty much anything uh, to be able to get some type of advantage. So, uh, I, I'm not so sure I, I would agree with him. I mean, it was, I get what the Texans were doing. And I think Frank Reich didn't want to tell you that it was a mandate from D'Amico Ryans or a special teams coach or anybody like that. I know Frank Reich didn't want to say that's exactly what was happening on the other side, but I mean, we were going to be there all day. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, we, we were watching the game yesterday. I was like, who is this guy? Stop. <laughs> Just You're clearly offsides. And even so, it's like, hey, it was funny, too, because Frank Reich and the coaching staff and Eddie Pinheiro, they just wanted the second field goal to count or the first one that he actually kicked, the second attempt after we got another penalty. They just wanted it to count and to get out of there with a win because the more you drag this thing on, I don't care how close you move to the end zone to make this thing a real chip shot. The more that this thing drags out, the more you start to allow, okay, what could happen if he misses it? Mm -hmm. Oh, man, is he going to miss it? Is he going to miss it? Great job by Eddie P. You know, staying within the moment and, you know, drilling it no matter what. And we would have killed him had he missed it. But still, it was just a weird sequence of events. I get why Frank Reich was a little frustrated over it happening. I get what he's saying. Yeah, man, it was it was just annoying more so than anything. And at the end, you'd still come out with a victory. It can make you a little jumpy, though, too, when you see that guy coming off yeah. that edge like that. Because yeah. you start to worry and you might have just a little bit of a hit. And your step when you're getting ready to kick that thing, if you feel like a guy could come flying off the edge. Yeah, it was uh, it was a lot at the end. That game <laughs> would not end because they continued to jump off sides. That'll do it for the live wire.